How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? With both my fingers crossed, because I only have two fingers, I want to say, hopefully better. I've been sick for the better part of way too fucking long, and mm. I missed a week. But I want to say, hopefully good going forward. Well, I hope so. Justin? I, I'm glad that you're starting to feel better. I know that it was uh, it was a bit of a struggle. Also, whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I like that baton pass of like, before introducing him, you switch the topic to being your own personal health. So if he had some other direction he wanted to go, he really can't, right? It has to be. Oh, no. In We're talking about this. To your health state, <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I'm glad it's, uh, it's, it's starting to be a little better, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, honestly, for like a good part of today, like I ran an errand or two because like work was quiet. Like I've had some coughing fits here and there, but like I feel relatively normal. But every time I say that, I feel like I'm jinxing it. And then like as soon as I wake up tomorrow, it's going to be bah. Uh-huh. There's yeah, like we knew an evil was... leprechaun somewhere listening to you and it's like one more hex. Yeah, mm-hmm. we knew it was bad last week when we uh, invited you out to a restaurant near you yeah and you're like i can't and we're like okay david still (laughs) he may be dead (laughs) yeah Um, if i'm passing up food or like other things uh i I do not feel well i was actually supposed to go to a i think i showed you guys both james acaster Mm -hmm. yeah oh so i was gonna go see him down in dc with mike this weekend right Mm -hmm. yeah because like he got tickets and planned it like a couple months back and i'm like hey just a heads up, I've been feeling terrible. Probably won't be able to make it, but I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I couldn't second that usually when it comes to social... Sh- now, admittedly, I've invited Dave to far fewer social situations than he's invited me, but that's just by nature of my social starting point. Um, but if I were to ask Dave if he like wants to go get food or something... And he turns it down. He's probably going to follow it up with, but you can drop it off at the hospital. Like that's basically <laughs> the scenario I would expect to unfold. The hospital is a place I like to go to. Uh, they have usually pretty good drinks on tap. Um, <laughs> yeah. You get that. You can get that direct feed too. Oh yeah, that's true. The whole, the whole like, physical drinking. Yeah. Mm. That, that's overrated. Yeah. Like De- decades has like uh, pouch bags for mixed drinks. And this, this does too. But it also has an IV. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I wonder. I wonder if you would get in legal trouble for opening a bar that's just called the hospital, right? Like because there, here's the issue: there's going to be someone, and they're going to need to go to a hospital. Yeah. And they will be directed to the wrong location. They'll say Alexa Hospital near me, and they're uh, like, "Hospital is open until." 11 p.m. and like, that <laughs> yeah. seems odd but okay well they should be suspicious if they if they talk to automation and it's like it's uh more busy than usual at this time right <laughs> i mean you wouldn't have to deal with copyright at least because like you're in a different uh different genre industry. of business mm-hmm. what if you did a math spin on it instead of hospital it was l'hopital <laughs> oh gotcha gotcha well, then you'd just be tricking French people, and it's not fair. Um, but to be fair, what have they given us? Baguettes? Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom? I don't know. Who, who keeps track of these <laughs> things? I don't know. 
yeah, I don't know if uh, if we're still supposed to be bearing a, a grudge against the Redcoats or not, but you know, it feels safer to just hold on to it. I mean, we, we were just you were talking of... about British uh, comedy actually earlier. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I haven't followed up on James A. Caster's work, Dave. <laughs> Pure hatred of the Brits. <laughs> well, it's like whenever I talk to the Brits on the other Discord where we play Dota, there mm. is always kind of like a friendly ribbing between like america versus a european country oh yeah in the same way like if we had people in discord who like from new jersey be like ah your state's shit it's just one of those things where it's it's kind of like sports teams to a degree but Mm -hmm. it's it's low very low effort the nationalism instead yes yes but fun but fun laid-back nationalism (laughs) Uh uh-huh You've heard of ultra nationalism. Now get ready for like apathetic nationalism or something <laughs> like that. Um, no, I think that's fun. It's it's good to have. Um, we talked about in groups a lot on the podcast, and I think it's also good to have an in group that's close enough. Like your group is the the people playing Dota. It's close enough that you can poke fun at each other's subgroups, which is allowed because you're all part of the same in group. To go into uh, to make it and a navigating that right like now. social hierarchy. Yeah, exactly. Because you're all friends and you're all in Dota, you know it's just ribbing when you're like, "Hey, remember that time that we overthrew your government? That was great. <laughs> that was a highlight <laughs> for me." <laughs> we do like to bring that up a lot. Uh huh. But at this point, we can't really be. They can't really say to us, "Your politics are fucked," and we really can't say that back yeah. to them either. Um, yeah. They they chose the correct time to do it so that it was all just a cluster everywhere. Yeah. Synchronize yeah. your watches to cause <laughs> maximum political chaos. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you guys get a chance to vote this weekend? This, we uh, did this the mail-in past... ballot. Yeah. I did. We did the mail-in as well. We were sitting on it for a while and then it was like, well, this is going to get crumpled. So we filled them out and sent them in. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to some people at work about that and because we have to travel occasionally, I think there was one midterm election that I missed. And from that point on, I've tried to do anything I can to do it. They just don't schedule us quick enough out that I was able to submit the request for before the, uh, what do they call it? The no, no cause style that they enacted. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have to do it enough in advance. Otherwise that's be like a crazy emergency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to have some explanation. Um, no, they're very convenient. We also got like a, I don't know if you guys got this or not, but like an email that's just like, mm-hmm. hey, your ballot's been received. That's really nice. Yeah, I got that. Rachel didn't. So mm. she and I think she ended up calling them verify afterwards because at least like it's county level. So it's not as huge of a system, I guess. Mm-hmm. The weird thing is I never gave him my email address. So like it's just they just they just have that. Bit, I guess suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm sure I put it somewhere on a ballot. Yeah. I or not the ballot in... itself, but probably the accompanying paper, because it's not supposed to be on the ballot itself, or it would be personally identifiable. PII. Yeah. Yeah. I want to own my vote, though. Like, yeah. Is... <laughs> Sincerely, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Rupenthor Esquire. <laughs> I wasn't sure if they got mine, so I sent them a couple just to make mm. sure. Mm-hmm. They love that. Um, Stuffing the mailbox instead of the uh, ballot box. (laughs) (laughs) The mail carrier is just a little bit suspicious. (laughs) There's just multiple printed out ballots. They're all exactly your name. 
no. People think that happens, though. One of these will make it through. Uh-huh, right. It's it's um, it's um, kind of like, uh, what is it? Uh, like TCP communication. I was talking to Dave earlier about, like, the two general and yeah it's like it's, it's a udp type problem or tcp where like the first connection like the first packet maybe didn't come through but they're just going to disregard it if i disregard it if i send duplicates so just like yeah. spam madam for a bit and then <laughs> one of those will make it through hey 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 <laughs> uh, a real life uh, ddos attack against the uh election system <laughs> yeah that would that would get you in like federal prison probably real yeah. quick like instantly uh, I mean, technically, it's what elections are required to be handled by the state, so may not be federal. I think it. That's probably that might be true. I I do think that some of the laws for election security are set at the federal level, though. Okay. So you might be you could you'll probably be prosecuted in both. Why pick right? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think even on the ballot, on like the back of the ballot, it details. It's like, hey, do this right. Also, by doing this, do not show up in person. That is election fraud. You will yeah. be in so much trouble. <laughs> and I was like, you could have just said it like a normal person. You don't need all these pauses. And this isn't high school. But it actually sends a little uh, uh, recording box, and you have to uh-huh. press the button. And it's actually somebody sternly talking to you about it. Uh huh. <laughs> it's Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam's <laughs> on the recording. Yeah. A deep uh, fake. Hmm. I just I did it in person. Because mm-hmm. it was you want really, it to count. really close. Wow, you went outside? Who does that? Well, well then strategy. I went inside of a church. <laughs> because I live in a yeah. very rural area. <laughs> I mean, we our, our voting place is also a church, so... Yeah. These, this church was, like, gigantic, though. Like, it took me a while to find where it was within the church. Mm-hmm. So, ch- church is pretty big. You know, it's really funny. I, I get that this isn't this isn't in a real argument at all. But what did separation of church and state actually mean, if not like literally the separation <laughs> of voting places <laughs> from re- religious locations? Um, I think it was uh, churches can't be taxed for stuff and they can just make money for free. Okay. Fair and balanced. I'm yeah. curious if that'll actually, this is turning into a very political episode, but I wonder if that'll ever really see challenge, like what what the line would need to be, like how far someone would have to go as far as endorsing a candidate or publicly funding the candidate or being the candidate um, in order to actually say like, hey, uh, about that separation thing, like you can't be both, right? Because there was a lot of talk about that for a while. People behind the pulpit, like, they're like, oh no, they, it would be tremendously taboo to endorse a political candidate. What in, in my fair country? Um, and then we allowed for uh, money to equal voice for corporations, and everything has uh, devolved. Corporations are people, my friend. <laughs> well, I mean, we literally had. I'm from Pennsylvania, for as I assume most listeners are for our demo. Um, mm-hmm. But we had think... fucking Dr. Oz as oh, like yeah, a yeah. candidate for something, which is fucking <laughs> wild. And so... that should be a show enough that like money equals voice. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Dr. Oz, though, very brief. I'll, I'll sanitize all the personal information. But someone like my wife was going for a walk and some guy like got like 
stopped in his truck, I guess it was, got out oh, and talked yes. to her and was like, hey, are you old enough to vote? And already this is shaky ground. <laughs> like you have started this <laughs> as this is a problem from the get go. Like uh, work on your cold open. Uh, but anyways, he was just like, hey, like, do you know about Dr. Oz and all this stuff? And I guess he was canvassing and was uh, she just was like trying to be friendly or whatever to like get this guy to leave. Smile and nod. Um, like, yeah, OK. Fuck yeah, off. right. Yeah. I'll vote for whoever <laughs> you want me to just <laughs> give me the names um, and then like gave her a handout and I guess and, and, and left. But like. That's such a bad situation. No, canvassing is usually like door to door of, mm-hmm. hey, this is a residence. I can drop off mail. Or if you're home, I can stop and talk to you for two minutes, not drive by and but then it's stop also, my car. It's also mm-hmm. soliciting in yep. some form. And there are non-solicitation laws in place that just just get ignored. Yeah. And for clarification, she didn't, she wasn't carrying a door with her at the time, and she had a no soliciting sign on her back. So, like, faces were covered. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. I just try not to talk to people in general, and we usually do okay. Mm -hmm. I will say, having facial hair and the look of, like, you're dead inside really helps, really helps sell it. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody's coming up to you to be like, hey, buddy. Uh-huh. Well, if you, if you shave the mustache and put on a uh, like a straw hat, uh-huh. they would know immediately who uh-huh. you're voting for. You don't. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I I have a beard. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, even that that might not be not might not be enough to fill everybody in because like I don't know how many people think of Amish like stereotypes, right? Like that's probably Pennsylvania context. Um, again, most of our listenership, <laughs> as they pointed out, is probably Pennsylvania. But I'm I mean, looking like, in. Uh, everybody's heard the Weird Al song, Amish Paradise. So mm-hmm. I feel like even if you're outside of the, the thing entirely, you don't have the context. You've seen that music video, probably. Right. I don't Hopefully. know. When did that come out? Oh, God, Might be too like old for the kids. 15 years ago, at least. Either 90s or 2000, early 2000s. Yeah, it's almost too old for me, which is crazy. I think like about the. It's all about the Pentium was probably like a Pentium 3. Which I think was like how old would I have been? Maybe like 2002-ish? I have a more interesting topic. (laughs) Um, So I was looking up analytics for the podcast and what would you guys think are the top three countries that listen to our podcast? And I guarantee you, one of you will probably guess wrong for number two. I mean, United that's States. the clickbait title. That doesn't help you at all. But <laughs> United, United States is the first one. Okay. I mean, it has to be Anglo speaking. So I'd rather guess Canada. So top three are actually the United States is the second one, but I'm going to I'm going to say it's also first on technicality because first and number two are the exact same percentage um, for listens. I don't know over what period of time I'm not putting an extensive effort into this um, at thirty seven point five percent. Number three is Australia, then France, the Netherlands and Ukraine. But India and the United States are tied for first. I was going to ask, who's the other first? India. 
So I think it's so I actually see cities that people are listening from. And I'm gonna just censor the cities that are <laughs> close to us. Let's <laughs> just say it that way. Um, but we've got uh, Lucknow, which could be in India, or maybe it's the UK. And then Aminabad, uh, M M Ahmedabad, Ahmedabad. Does it also include Bangla, like the duration lesson, or is it just? There's a lot of words with "bad" here. And then Melbourne. I... That's gotta be Australia. <laughs> I feel like there has to be some degree of like click farming happening mm. somehow in our benefit for the podcast mm. through through India. You know what it probably is? I'm looking at the devices that listen here and we're over 60%. We're probably 70% mobile, 30% desktop and like less than a percent tablet. So I guess we haven't really reached tablet saturation, but Spotify is 50% of our platform. And I'll be honest, I kind of thought it was 100%. Um Near forty percent. Listen on Audio Boom. That's fair. Uh, that probably shows up under Web, which is six point three, or other apps, which is six point three. What's funny here is this is on Audio Boom site, so the fact that they don't even give themselves representation in the chart <laughs> is hilarious. Um, but at like thirty-eight or so percent, there's a platform called Geo Seven, which I have no idea what that is, but I think it's probably in India. Interesting. I wonder if people are listening to the podcast to learn or improve their English. And if that's <laughs> the case, I'm sorry that I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe it's been like the, the first five minutes of each podcast where we talk about food and I often say I love Indian food and tikka masala. Mm. Or someone leaving their VPN on. That was yep. also the last seven <laughs> days actually and listened, so maybe I could have picked a larger sample size. Yeah, maybe pretty much any. literally a flash in the pan. Uh-huh. Interesting. Have you guys been playing any games lately? India is still number two, if I expand <laughs> it out to a month. But um, the United States is 65%. I think okay. Jake is okay. playing GeoGuessr, but... <laughs> That's really uh, funny. I've one of one of the things is GeoGuessr the one where it like drops you down and you have to quickly it's like one image or depending on yeah. like your settings it's an image and you have to try and determine like where you are within a certain radius and like some of the ridiculous people are like i am this specific latitude and longitude within like five decimal precision uh-huh i've seen it for like google street view mm-hmm. um where you have like a certain period of time to make your guess and i've i, I haven't done this myself but i've seen compilations of people playing this online Yep. And the most hilarious thing is when people are adamantly, confidently incorrect. <laughs> right? They're just like freaking right there. That's the Netherlands. That's the Netherlands <laughs> flag. And then they're just like completely wrong. Like, no, it's, it's Japan. Uh-huh. <laughs> Japan's side street of little Netherlands. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it's interesting the context clues that you could potentially get. But then you get like, I'm in the middle of a field. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then people start picking out like, oh, if I can look up and see where the sun is and like the <laughs> shadow is cast here, I can figure out what latitude and longitude I am from that. Like, uh-huh. yeah, well, clearly this is buckwheat, which only grows during the winter months in the northern latitudes. Right. So, yep. yeah, you could you could show me a picture of my street and I might struggle. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I uh, I can be like 
just if uh i i literally use navigation sometimes just because i'm not sure if like a road might be closed even if i'm very close um but it is like pretty shameful when it's someplace we went to taco bell <laughs> i was like eh, there's some traffic on the way here let's see if there was a closure and navigate our way home freaking five minute drive there was there was one time we were visiting dave and rachel was driving and there's this one intersection that always has bad traffic on our, our way over there and i was just like rachel just go straight here and i was like we'll just we'll figure out the way around it every single intersection until we got far enough away it just wanted us to turn around and she's like do i turn here I'm like no just just keep going like how mm-hmm. dependent and ingrained using navigation and like listening to the robot lady uh mm-hmm. tell you to turn left now has become yeah. yeah when i used to visit people down in philly and i drive in and out of it i'd be like but which road do i turn on specifically because sometimes it'd be like, hey, here's the name of a road. And hey, uh-huh. there's there's this road. P.S. You kind of veer off a little bit, but no one's going to tell you that. And you're like, huh? And then uh-huh. you have to wait another 20 minutes to get where you're trying to go because now you're fucked or you're locked into, I'm on the highway now type <laughs> yeah. thing. And I hate being in that situation. So I'm like, just tell me how to do it verbatim. I'll be the baby. You get me there. I'll do the driving and we'll call it a day. It's just like when the assistant's like, you're going to need to jump the curb on the right. <laughs> yeah, hit the homeless man. You're like, ah, maybe, maybe take <laughs> when uh, when Google Maps implements the uh, the AR uh, gamification, start mm-hmm. getting points. Oh yeah, 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 it's just straight up GTA. <laughs> <laughs> gives you tips on how to evade the police. Yeah, that's a gaming topic we haven't talked about actually, because um, it's old. But for people who haven't been keeping track, there was that leak of um, GTA 6. Yeah, and they officially confirmed that they, yes, they are actually working on, they say they, they confirmed the leak mm-hmm. to what extent. I guess, what are your guys' takes on that, if any? We did talk about that. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> next topic. What are your, what's your takes, uh, Justin? Uh, what are your takes? I tried playing. I, I played a lot of GTA Four. I tried playing GTA Five when it came out. It didn't mm. grab me the same way. I, I think I've grown out of that specific, like semi gritty. Uh, like I don't like playing as an asshole, and that's kind ah. of specifically. Mm. Yeah. What you gotta do? Yeah. That's fair, actually. I don't know if we've ever talked about that, but like, um, I don't forced morality sounds like the wrong term for it because that makes it sound like the game's trying to make you a good guy. But games that kind of like shoehorn you into decisions that you don't want to make always have felt bad to me. Yeah, for a game, you are inhabiting that person in Mm -hmm. some extent. I think they tried to avoid some of that because of the multiple characters you were picking. Those yeah. decisions didn't like it was that character making the decision rather than you that plays easier in movies because action is happening. Once you mm-hmm. take control, like it, you can lose some of the immersion by I have to make an action that I am not comfortable with, which mm-hmm. is the only like video games are a medium and not sure, there's not a lot of mediums that would be able to accomplish that. Um, mm-hmm. 
but then you also when you do have the options you end up with like the mass effect issue where so many more people played paragon than renegade because that was the character they were playing and then there's this whole part of the game that was developed and like but also some of those choices were very (laughs) didn't line up or it was one extreme for the other Mm -hmm. yeah there's less nuance and things like that like even fable is an old canonic example of oh yeah am Mm -hmm. i good or am i like chicken (laughs) chaser like (laughs) fucking everybody uh, buying and selling their houses and like murdering (laughs) did you kill your wife in front of this door right well even like or you just eat a lot of chicken which is uh baby chicks baby chicks baby chicks sorry two Mm -hmm. equally evil things back when we played divinity original sin 2 like (laughs) when you picked one of the special characters like there was a story for them and you could just miss their at some point if you made one decision basically you ended their story and they were stuck in limbo yeah lock yourself out yeah i think it was go ahead I would have liked, I guess, more of a notification for that because I think when we first played, mm-hmm. uh, we had Sabeel was our actual character NPC, mm-hmm. and we yeah. missed part of her plotline and like we reset it back to get back to it, but we had to like look it up because at a point it's just we got locked out of something we weren't sure what it was and that was fine, mm-hmm. um, like we didn't need it, but at a point we were just kind of curious to see what happened there. Yeah. Some we wanted her to... character to play as her character because she was an NPC. Yeah. 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 Some mechanism to either know exactly when it happens so that you can like, or an option to save Smurf or go and correct the mat, the past in some way. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I, I prefer, although it is like literally the definition of emergent immersion breaking, um, the point of no return dialogue mm. in a video game particularly like an open world game or something like that. It's like, Hey, if you start this mission, you're going to be locked in a sequence of long cut scenes. will play please set aside <laughs> sufficient time. But like, uh, you know that you're, you're done, right? Maybe you get free roam afterwards. Maybe you don't, we're not going to tell you that, but like you start this and this could be the end of your play session. Once you're done. Yeah. I prefer those over, uh, the, I think Rachel was telling me about the original release of Xenoblade um, where there were multiple segments of the game where the game world would change so much that mm-hmm. if you did not complete the side quests, they were just completely unavailable. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't tell you when you were doing the transition. So it instilled a sense of like, I better do everything as soon as it comes up or not at all. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that sucks so much from a design standpoint because you want to experience all the game and not feel like you you somehow cheated yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Nah. It's just I think we talked about that design. for Cyberpunk too. Like the and, and some other games have done it, but you have a time-sensitive quest, but you don't tell people that it's time-sensitive. That always kind of feels like a gut punch because like it's oftentimes completely justifiable yes i should have run and taken care of this thing you were saying was important but i am a player playing a video game but here's the thing part of that contract is i don't want to miss content you have multiple people in a game like cyberpunk specifically you have multiple people saying hey can you do this thing for me it's important 
mm-hmm. to it's you priority yeah it's like how do you prioritize that yeah when it's a lot of these are optional things that i'm choosing to do also in that game i did not know what the correct romance options were to like <laughs> proceed forward uh-huh <laughs> and i was like oh i thought like i was having a good relationship with this character and then it's like remember that one time you uh said something mean about my socks and i was like i thought that was being playful and then it's like it's the option's gone and you're like okay i had no idea that you should have spent more time in honey pop mm-hmm. i can't spend more time in honey pop. <laughs> the game just doesn't launch anymore <laughs> it just it, says you've it, had enough <laughs> it just says dave no what was that one game that if you played it and died it would actually delete parts of your hard drive oh I think I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it because this was like a small kind of it was a shooter, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was a shooter where like the enemies that spawned were files on your file system. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't think think, Windows likes that game. No, I think (laughs) there was also a mod for Minecraft at one point where it was like super hardcore mode where you like you built and as soon as you died, you could no longer access that save. It had to be sent to somebody else or something. Like it was a, hmm. a whisper down the telephone type of situation. That's kind of novel. That See, sounds like, very frustrating, but super novel. Yeah. It was like super hardcore or something. Like the part of super hardcore, that's not the interesting part. The part for me is like hand off gameplay, mm-hmm. sort of like, dang, screwed it up, your turn or whatever. But. If you could get a collaborative game based around yeah. that concept, I think that could be kind of cool. Well, uh, spoilers for Nier, the ending E for Automata. Right. Kind of mm-hmm. played with that a little bit. Yeah. What I always I... wondered how true it was. It always felt a little fuzzy. I have so I have the story I have the background story for this actually. It's one of the one of the things I know, and Justin already knows it, but I'm gonna take it anyways. Um the developers didn't manufacture all of that data for helping people out at the credits but what they realized is when the game launched that it was very very hard to complete with literally no one helping you out so what they did is they signed in like on their basically like pre-release copies like to the servers and ran through the credits and they're like, all right, let's freaking go. We got to make it through here. So there's a, there's a actually, um, they use like a code or a jump point or something like that to skip to the credits. So they could run through the credits and get these runs so that they could actually make it accomplishable for the people who could then play the game like the next day or something. So they, yeah. they seeded it? They they did it themselves, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they, didn't, they didn't provide a mechanism to just have generic people uh-huh. like as like a default controlled computer generated ones and on the i guess they couldn't generate the data for it they had to actually have a legitimate save to delete for some reason mm-hmm. like it was probably one of those things that was like oversight and the easiest way to solve it the guarantee to solve it before the the actual problem arose was to just deal with the situation rather than like hacking in something someplace else that could have had violations for whatever yeah, but yeah. I tried. I tried doing it for a while without accepting the help, and yeah, it was a struggle. Yeah, I think I tried I, like six times, and I was like, "All right, I gotta beat this thing." <laughs> it was one of those. It was. It was kind of a Kojima moment in a mm-hmm. way. I realize this isn't a Kojima game, but like, it's a Kojima moment, and that it's like, you are not 
supposed to do it this way. I'm trying to teach you a life lesson, right? <laughs> like you're supposed to accept the help of other people. Um, yeah. Very much that. Like, um, uh, like beating the uh, snow grave route. Mm. Oh my! God, so, the, so you got the reference too? <laughs> uh huh. No, he didn't get the reference from what I said it earlier. He's saying because the only thing he he did for that entire thing, like I was struggling on the the boss. Because like you don't have any weapons or upgrades for whatever you're doing for that, mm-hmm. uh, and I would just after five times I'm like I'm not gonna get it. I'm tired. Don't give a shit. And then so we pulled we tapped Justin. I think he got on his second or third try. It may have been fourth. Okay, I'll give Maybe you. I'll give say, you. <laughs> I'm gonna hear about this until I die. Um, <laughs> this is coming from not playing Undertale or Delta Rune at all up to that point. So they literally just dropped me into the game on a a super boss. And I'm just like, sure. <laughs> You're good at games. You figured it out. Yeah. Iotam Storm. Easy. It's right there. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a good topic. Speaking That's of games, what have you guys mm-hmm. been playing lately? Version 2. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been a lot of Destiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything outside of Destiny? Because <laughs> uh, I picked up some. Uh, was it Dome Keeper? I think is what it was called. Oh, I was playing Dome Keeper. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think I did like three runs so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely enjoyed the sword version more once you get some upgrades. Mm-hmm. I see Dave frantically looking up Dome Keeper so you can relate to this. <laughs> I was just opening my Steam. I'm like, if I need to answer this, what am I going to say? <laughs> no. So, like, Dome Keeper is basically a combination of what? Missile Command and Dig Dug. Yep. Essentially, uh, right? Um, I really I really liked uh, Steam World Dig 2 mm-hmm. when it came out. That, that was where I was coming from the Dig Dug side. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a little torn on how frantic it is to get back up to the dome um, uh-huh. because I, I like just the how Zen mining in certain games can be. Yeah. And this game definitely does not let you just Zen out. Not. There are a lot of gadgets that you can mm-hmm. get in the game that like assist you with returning. Um, so one I got was a te- literally a teleporter. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff there. It's an early access, just like a high level. But the TLDR is you land on a planet, you have a dome, you have to periodically defend it against basically enemies from World of Goo. Wizard of Oz uh, situation. Yeah. When your dome landed, you crushed somebody and now they're angry at you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then uh, between waves, your job is to mine to get resources to upgrade your dome or your weapons or your gear. Um, So you can get more resources so you can continue to upgrade your stuff and survive these waves. Yeah. Um, and there is, it's rogue like for the most part, there isn't a whole bunch of like interim upgrades to get necessarily. But if you fail a run, you are allowed to carry a gadget forward into the next room. Oh, that's good. So you're able to start with a little bit of a power creep early on. Um, if you fail runs repeatedly. Yeah, I've done two runs of it. And I just picked it up because it looked very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm looking I'm keeping an eye on it. Um, I'll probably play it a bit more once it's got some more progress. But they've had at least one major update. 
since I grabbed it. So I'm hoping for something like Vampire Survivors, <laughs> almost, you know, <laughs> consistent. Um, uh, also, the audio is like super great. It reminds me. Dave will judge me for mentioning this, but reminds me of Hyperlight Drifter um, and Disaster Piece. Um, if Dave can't remember the reason he should judge me for this, it's because I actually returned Hyperlight Drifter <laughs> and I did not complete that game. Um, but it has those vibes. Really From cool. a technical standpoint, it's also it was made in Godot, um, which no there aren't. It's it is a completely open source uh, game development engine. Hmm. Um, so it's they have Godot script, but they also it's a it was originally mono based, but is does support like C sharp as its scripting language, um, and especially with stuff like Unity having a couple of. Uh, problematic decisions in mm. recent time um there's a lot of like community onus but it is an open source system there haven't been a lot of games actually published in it and mm. how well this is managed to release um like i didn't i never had a crash or anything like that so like yeah. it's one of those things where it can potentially start pushing that platform further and further Mint sounds good and cute. Mm-hmm. I will say towards Unity, there's so many times where it's just been like, nah, um, mm-hmm. and crashed. <laughs> yeah. Unity seemed like such a great thing because there wasn't a better option, right? Mm-hmm. It's because the alternative to Unity was like literally unreal, unreal but this yep. was like unreal before it was more accessible and they had all of their deals yeah. with Epic Game Store and stuff. And because um, Epic Game Store didn't exist. And so I absolutely believe that there's a big space in the game creation market for something that's more community-owned and developed yeah, there. Godot has the general open source problem of like documentation can potentially be stale. Um, I think they're primarily funded from Patreon. Like, Interesting. Last time I was... Uh, I know Shane uh, is really was really big into it time. I had tried producing something. Mine was basically a, uh, a snake. I made a snake game just to mm-hmm. see what it was like to try and do something in it. Right. Um, but yeah, so like there are tutorials, but the ecosystem is nowhere the same as what unity had. Right. Um, Which makes sense. Yeah. Very mature platform mm-hmm. by comparison. But no, that's cool. Competition is good in such things, especially if it's free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, what have you been playing, Dave? Uh, Void Scrappers, which okay. is kind of like a space. A lot of things have followed the Vampire Survivors model of like, I'm a guy, waves of shit, passive mm-hmm. progression. Um, so this was just one I got when I was drunk, and it was like three bucks. <laughs> it's cute. I still play uh-huh. it occasionally just to like burn some time. Um, not like a crazy awesome game, but if you're looking for something else like it, there's a lot of stuff in that space now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there Mike was, uh, also linked me something the other day. There was something that was referenced. Uh, I'm trying to find the name of it that uh, it had a lot more like Diablo esque. The aesthetics reminded me of Torchlight. Okay. Um, I know it was on sale recently. Torchlight 2? 
Ah. Um, <laughs> Blade three. <laughs> three did not review very well. No, it's just it an aside. I think that game, that series, actually just had descending reviews. I think it's Gearbox. I think Gearbox made Torchlight. Um, they bought something. Well, the the Torchlight people made. I'm blanking on a whole bunch of names now. Um, there was like a oh, Soulstone Survivors was the game. Ah, okay. Uh, I was thinking that has like a Torchlight vibe. It's like a 3D isometric. Um, the developers of Torchlight to they were trying to make an MMO on it <laughs> um, and they spent a whole bunch of time there and it did not pan out and then uh, I think like one of like the Nexon style I don't think it was Nexon directly um, mm-hmm. tried to come in and fund them and that added a whole bunch of microtransactions and then turned it very generic um, and so when it did finally get like Alpha, early alpha stuff. Everyone's just like, this. This isn't what the other games were. Why are right. you doing this? And then yeah. they they got separated again, and then finally published something with the scraps of existing development, basically. And it, it kind of lost its vision multiple times. Hmm. But but I love Lost Ark. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. had I've I've heard people speak favorably about Lost Ark as recently as like within the last week are you um, talking okay. to andrew no i was uh, i think it's somebody from work but um i can see it. how it would but it's definitely built for a different era i guess it was a different yeah, time it's, yeah <laughs> it's just and it's, the, it's about dinosaurs that's in the <laughs> era <but laughs> i'm sorry i'm out of jokes you're good it was actually Lost Ark uh, Survival. I don't know what the Ark games are titled as anymore. You know what? I actually immediately, I was thinking of Ark Survival Evolved. Survival Evolved, that's what it is. Yeah, Lost Ark is a completely separate MMO. Maybe my joke still lands, I don't know. But I was thinking about Lost Ark. Or the Survival Evolved, I mean. Um, they both have dinosaurs. That's fair. I've been playing... Uh, Shadow of War, Lord of, Lord of the Rings, Shadow of War. That was and, the sequel, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it is still just one of my favorite games. Like, just for how ridiculous it's Pokemon with orcs. This is how <laughs> I describe it to people. Um, and the Nemesis system is just like Chef's Kiss. Like, I really hope that they're studio isn't closed or dead but it probably is because i think it's ea um it's how it works but it's just, it's so freaking good i think i bought dave a copy of this game at one point um i think you or i thought about the, it the first one maybe when it was on sale yeah the What's first one was good again? too but the full name shadow uh, of mordor yeah shadow of war or shadow of mordor were the subtitles on it it's lord of the rings shadow but of that's... mordor uh 2017 <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I I don't see any information here, so I don't know if I launched it. Yeah. What about Shadow of War? No. Okay, well, I just wanted the credit for buying something for Dave without actually buying it for him, I guess. Um, <laughs> but it's really cool. 
Um, there, I, I remember there was a community outroar when Shadow of War released because of microtransactions. Yeah, there or was. Something. You could buy loot boxes. It was it, it was very much era. like if you guys remember the Deus Ex release where you could mm-hmm. buy Praxis. Yeah. Oh, it my was God. a microtransaction that was... like that. It was and dumb. It, it was stupid. It was also game. pointless. So it's right. really just like a level up type thing. Yeah, what you would get from it. So I'm not going to go into extensive detail because I don't want to take everybody's time with something that only I care about. <laughs> but in this case, I'll do it later. But this case, um, basically, you could get loot. The way you would get loot normally is by killing an orc captain. That was part of the nemesis system. You can also convert them to your side through domination with your ring magic and stuff. And having your orcs fight their orcs. And they all have personalities. Yeah, they've doing the choking thing. This is the force choke. Um, but when an orc captain dies, be they an ally, be them an ally or an enemy, they drop loot based off the rarity. And if they're a shiny Pokemon, they could drop really nice loot. Um, but the loot boxes were a way to just buy loot, basically, or just be random drops. And I think you could also buy a box that would have orc captains in it. So if you didn't really want to interact with the system and train them up and send them to the fight pits and have them do assassinations and things, you could skip like all of the parts of the game that were fun. <laughs> by engaging with these loot boxes. Because there's also um, like a time commitment to actually do the leveling. So the frequency at which you were getting that loot if you played the game was extended. Yeah. I mean, so the loot boxes were pretty additive. Like they, there was other ways to get everything that you got from them. Okay. Um, And this is most em- uh, emphasized by the fact that like when I launched the game up this time, because I started probably a week ago, um, or so, maybe not quite that long back. There's literally a pop-up that's like, based, based off community feedback, we've removed the store. <laughs> uh, they just they just disabled it. It's disabled in the menu, and it's just not an option anymore. Um, and the game is just as good or better for it. So, I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. It It feels weird. When you talk about certain games and you have like a season pass, the idea of like loot boxes and like some of that progression makes sense because it's now existed as a concept for five or so years, maybe more. Mm-hmm. And in those contexts, you're like, okay, I accept that that is what it is, whether or not I like it. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the the root of it, basically a loot box is, hey, I'm going to give you something in here that you could technically get from just playing the game anyway over time. Yeah. Right. You're not guaranteed to get the thing you want, but we'll give you a shiny thing from the game and you'll be happy about it for a little bit. Cool. But now apply that idea to some other games that don't have that concept or that system. Mm-hmm. Imagine playing a FromSoft game and it's like, man, are you having trouble finding a really <laughs> certain stat faith weapon? Uh, we can get that to you in a loot box, technically. Just get some random gear. Mm-hmm. You, want, you don't, you don't have a Souls boss. booster? <laughs> do you want to get a boost for Souls collected? Got uh-huh. to do your daily login. And now it seems fucking insane because um, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make sense for that because it's always a essentially a single-player playthrough type game. So mm-hmm. the idea of this extra bonus stuff that you'd have for multiplayer to like catch up to people doesn't make sense. And It's worth noting for Shadow of War and Shadow of Mordor. Shadow of Mordor specifically was just single-player, I believe. Mm-hmm. Shadow of War has multiplayer components and that you can kind of do the MGS thing and... Uh, like attack someone else's fortress, but they don't lose anything for it. It's just you get resources if you beat the simulation. You have to remove uh, all the nukes from uh, Mordor. Yes, right? 
Yeah, exactly. But... Extract the nukes and steal their personnel. Uh, or my favorite type, which are vengeance missions, where if a captain kills another player, it'll create a mission where you can avenge them by dealing with that captain. Okay. Um, either by killing them or dominating them into your army. And then you get a vengeance loot box. And there's like a full set of gear because there's like like Diablo, the green gear that was part of a set. Mm-hmm. This game has the same system. It has gems and things like that. Um, but there's a full set of gear, which is the vengeance set that you specifically get from these vengeance loot boxes in game by avenging other players, which is really cool. Um, I think we may have misspoke earlier. I think uh, the, the the two games is actually WB published them. Not Warner EA. Bros. Says. Yeah, not yeah. EA. You're right. Um, I think part of the the community outroar was the fact that it was power loot that was coming from those boxes. Yeah, you could literally buy it. Yeah, but it was the same. That was the same issue with Deus Ex. Yeah, yeah you could literally just buy a million Praxis or open Cheat Engine and yeah. give yourself Praxis, right? Like, but it was a single player game, so who cares? Like, the game was balanced around. When I say who cares, I mean it's a bad idea. Not that I'm condoning it. The game was balanced around progression, mm-hmm. assuming that you did not interact with the shop. So, yeah, uh, but like on Deus Ex side for Mankind Divided, you were it felt more like a skip than because I, I I played through the entire game and they also did have uh, New Game Plus where you got to carry through your points. Yes, like mm-hmm. I basically had a maxed out uh, Jensen at the end of normal playthrough. Mm-hmm. I also did all of the content to basically get that. So it was felt less less egregious at Mankind Divide. Mankind Divide's problem was that certain things were pre-order exclusive oh, that yeah. they had yeah. no methodology for getting in game once it released. Like it was like full on missions and that's kind of what Deus Ex is known for. So that's something that like uh it leads to really hilarious scenarios. Like, um, if you get like, I don't know about the the Mass Effect remake. Maybe they maybe they, they probably toned it down. But for a while there, if you got like a Game of the Year collector's edition or something like that, it's like, all right, I loaded into the game, and it's like, here's all the pop ups because we combined all of the pre order editions content from every single platform into this one thing, and you're just sitting there like, I get it, I get armor, I got a gun, I got this, I have a com- like a companion, whatever, I can go to this area for the DLC, you know, like you just tab through all this crap. Fallout was the same way. You get like radio transmissions for like 14 DLCs as soon as you step out the door. Um, uh, eventually, they started level gating them to even Destiny, notify you. Uh, coming back to bad. Destiny was a was a cluster yeah. because every time you launched the game, it wanted to put you into the most recent mission in a certain mm-hmm. order. So like the first time we launched it, it put us into like the current seasonal story mission. Uh-huh. And then the second time we launched it, it put us in like the current campaign mission, which actually took place before the current seasonal mission. Uh-huh. And yeah. then the third time it was like, here's the new light experience. Cause like it was working in reverse or- chronological order. So like even following it, you're just, what? it is, it is so hard for me to try and get Stevie to play this game and me to try and explain stuff about destiny Two and how it works and how he's level gated on certain things or certain content. He doesn't have access to yeah. and why stuff's just randomly happening. I'm like, listen, it's a bungee game. Let's just try and shoot stuff and have fun. But Jesus fuck. It's a nightmare. Launch the game four times. Skip uh, the missions. 
and then you're playing the the fresh game experience. Also, I'm sorry that you chose Warlock for jumping. It is it is so <laughs> bad for him. Um, I don't know. Warlock Warlock jump is actually fine. I think. I, I don't think I'm too much of an apologist. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Do you have glide? It probably jump? is. Huh? Do you have glide jump? Uh, burst. I typically okay, cool. I, start, I started running strafe. Strafe is good too. Right now, but he, starting at the game, that's the right. first thing he has access to. Mm-hmm. So he has to now unlock something to get better mobility, yeah, or different yeah. mobility options, which is just dumb. But they, they're so, pretty cheap, I would say. But everything but the fragments are relatively cheap. the The biggest problem is that warlock jump doesn't work like jumps in any other game. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you have to double tap it because it's completely momentum driven. You can't even see your momentum in unless you have a sword equipped. Yeah. Um, so learning to do two rapid hits of the space bar to do a regular jump is so counterintuitive. And I think there's a, there's a text box that pops up, but no tangible methodology for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Destiny 2 has shit conveyance for a lot of things in my opinion, but oh yeah, <laughs> to what we were saying, as far as the add on content, I feel like, I don't know how I'd phrase it outside of like it's a a shitty foot in the door type thing. Like if you're opening up like a new restaurant, you're offering me free stuff. Like that's kind of like your foot in the door. Like, hey, come try our thing. Like worst case scenario, uh-huh. you still get like a free drink or a free appetizer. Um, but that's like a small business that's starting out. That makes sense. For like a large company that has a lot of money that's making a game, if they're trying to get people to get in the door with just trivial nonsense your gameplay is not that engaging or your story is not that engaging or like the content isn't there enough where you feel like you have to supplement it with these tchotchkes pretty much Mm -hmm. i think i soft disagree and i don't know if that's i i don't think they should do it that's the part we probably agree on but i think the rationale for it is they ran the numbers on it and like mass effect 2 is a good game but it had all of these pre-order additions like Exclusive for all of consoles. these platforms yeah legitimately it's like oh do i buy the do i buy the game on pc do i buy it on xbox like for a while i mean you can go back to um what's the fighting game about the sword soul caliber that one soul caliber um like the fact that they had different console exclusive characters link uh-huh um like you could argue that that's all kind of pointless because they could have just put it in all of the games, right? You are just depriving people of content. But the reason for it in Mass Effect's case was they knew they could get pre-orders if they gave people pre-order bonuses, right? That's the reason we still have pre-order bonuses. And if people buy the game before the game comes out, they're much more likely to buy the game. Like, regardless of whether the reviews are bad or good, like, I pre-ordered Cyberpunk, and that's probably going to go down in history as one of the worst games to pre-order. But I also I, I either bought or pre-ordered No Man's Sky at launch, which <laughs> is the other game that's going down on that list. Um, How's Fallout seventy six, by the way? Uh yeah, that's I'm like I'm probably have th- at least three of the top three. five. <laughs> How about Anthem? I didn't. I didn't, no, I didn't, I didn't nobody got Anthem. Nobody got Anthem. <laughs> yeah. That was the issue. Uh, man, Anthem did look cool for so it long, did. and they just they just absolutely failed the launch. Jetpack joke. Um, 
but yeah, I think it's more of a business decision that they wanted to have those copies sold. Also, it's an investor thing, yeah, right? Because people look at uh, pre-order copies to gauge interest, and they're like, "Hey, we had fifty thousand pre-order copies, or whatever number is yeah, actually you're, meaningful." You're locking now. those in before the actual sale as well. Yeah. So like, it's it. You basically go on pre-sale, and then your day one sales end up being astronomical. You have another whole thing for advertising exactly. or because if you launch like a great game that might not actually reflect to your day one sales right like slow burns um, yeah um even what was a uh, valheim right that one launched to early access but it was it was picked up massive as soon as it was actually picked up among us another one where it was like massive once it had this big explosion and took off but that wasn't its day one profitability those are both indie games so right. like, they're, they're, they're also they're not competing in the same space streaming platforms by major streamers exactly generated the interest and a lot of people started playing and are doing their own streamers as well mm-hmm. what was it the most AAA companies aim for launch i think among us like had launched and then they actually were trying to plan on like the slow burn like hey we're gonna release an expansion and then there was some inciting incident where it was picked up by the streaming, and that's when it caught on. They had to actually go back and redo all of their plans because yes. uh-huh. they had so much immediate interest that they like we they were going to make a different game. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was XQC streaming it that really like made it explode, and then literally everybody and their mother was playing it. Mm-hmm. And so they've expanded so much more with it than was initially planned because they were like. Yeah. The game was already out for like two years or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, it's kind of done and dead. And then it just, boom. Now we have literally Among Us VR, I think, came out this week. Uh-huh. Also, I was, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Among Us VR. I was watching some streamer highlights of it. Jorma did some. I, I mm-hmm. recommend people look that one up. Uh, some of the most hilarious shenanigans. Like Among Us already had really funny scenarios that would play out but when you put people in a 3d space and like this guy's backing up while this guy's moving forward <laughs> and then they have like a voice chat i think built into it i believe okay. or, or people were all in discord i'm not sure but like i think no it has proximity voice because you can see people's names pop up so if you're farther away you can't hear people but up close you can so you can have like a little voice conversation where you're just like please don't stab me in the back please don't stab me in the back please don't stab me in the back it just it amplified it. It's it looks like the funnest thing, but it's gonna it's gonna be literally impossible to get a group of people to play a VR game. So well, I was gonna say, do they have methodology for like non headset versions? Because like some some VR games, I think the uh, the the one like Playground style uh, VR chat has a console version where you just don't get the the immersion as much, but you can still participate in those games. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I have I can second that I've seen that in some other games. I'm not sure if this one is mandatory VR or not. I always wonder for like something that's as immersive as that, what you miss out on, or if you get an advantage from not literally having your head locked in the space versus just oh, I'm playing on a monitor at home. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like uh, is it a first person shooter or something? Yeah, or you might have specific advantage in the the console versus. PC or literally in the headset. I think shooters are largely uh, people 
this is a hot take. I don't have evidence to back this up, but I think people think shooters works better with mouse and keyboard. But there are some people who like uh, Might and Magic, not Might and Magic, Swords and Sorcery. Can't remember one of those games. One of those is an old RPG series, and the other one is a VR title. Um, has uh, like sword play where your actual hit detection is the sword in your hand versus different parts on the the body. Okay. And like, that's amazing. There's like people who are basically artists in the VR space for that. And there's no way I could replicate it outside of like a pre-programmed animation. Yeah. Well, there was <laughs> the whole thing with like Splatoon uh, and other uh, gyro aiming being mm-hmm. like, there are, there is some amount of fidelity gain from, the physical manipulation of the object and being able to have a, a a three-dimensional space to manipulate it, to get those point, the the pointer that you're shooting through a little Mm -hmm. bit faster, a little bit easier, um, which kind of extends on the reason why mouse and keyboard is so good is that uh, you can train muscle memory to, I know I move this much. I go here you can do that in a extra dimension with the gyro aiming, basically. Yeah. There was, um, this is esoteric, I guess at this point, but I at one point watched a corridor digital video, I think that had a comparison on this where they had a first person shooter type game. It was a first person shooter. I don't know. Why I said type game, um, where you could play either mouse and keyboard or in VR and they had a head to head. It's like a 1v1, one person in VR and the other person with mouse and keyboard. The advantages to the person who was in VR is they could literally duck behind cover and do things that, you know, have to be programmed as a cover system in a mouse and keyboard or, you know, controller-based game. Um, But I think mouse and keyboard also just absolutely decimated (laughs) because, like, whenever you guys actually made contact, when you saw each other, the person who had mouse and keyboard had all this flexibility to strafe and do all this stuff while shooting and harder to coordinate that way yeah in vr but it looks cool do, do you have macros or do you not mm-hmm. there's a youtube sorry go ahead. what was that um not imbalance game but a it was a vr game for this one like player david versus the david versus game. goliath type thing where yeah. basically the vr person is playing like a kind of andros giant head and hands <clears throat> throwing stuff at players who are just like jumping around with like a sword. Yeah. Uh, David, uh, David go, David go, I think is what it's called, which is kind of a stupid name, but, um, yeah, you basically play it's literally what you're describing. And I, I do think that asymmetrical, um, asymmetrical VR is a really cool idea. I think we Um, talked about this sometime when it was like in pre-release. Probably yeah, we a talked year or about it with asymmetrical gameplay at one point briefly. Yeah. Was no, it, it the evolve episode? Released. What was that? Was it the evolve episode? I don't think we've had an episode on evolve. <laughs> um, we probably talked about evolve though in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we definitely had an we had an asymmetrical video game breakdown episode, and I think this might have been an honorable mention. I'm kind of disappointed it hasn't launched yet on steam because this was added like a while ago epic game store exclusive oh, okay maybe that's why it hasn't launched on steam <laughs> no it's on google stadia i think <laughs> ah okay well that's <laughs> shuts true. down january 1st got it mm-hmm. um 
related to VR discussion, did you guys see the uh, the thing from Palmer Lucky? Uh, the the guy for I guess this article is saying that he's the inventor of the Rift. Um, I can't remember exactly where all of that BS ended up falling, um, but so his NDA with Meta uh, finally resolved and he like basically did an interview about some of like the technology that he was working on behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. also some personal projects he was doing one of which was creating a vr headset to emulate the uh uh sword art online um if you die in the game you die in real life (laughs) my brain immediately went to like springs (laughs) (laughs) Um, explosive cartridges uh-huh. Okay, Literally okay. explosive cartridges attached to like the, the frontal lobe of where the rift was and uh would supposedly detonate if you died in the game. Why? Uh-huh. Why though? Art. Okay. Remember when we talked guess... about just deleting files in the hard drive? I was thinking, <laughs> man, that seems extreme. I know I know people say like it covers a multitude of sins and like maybe art covers a multitude of sins, but like murder is an actual sin, right? So I don't know. <laughs> that's that's pretty aggressive. Um We've come so far since you had laser tag with the vibrating chest piece or something like that, the <laughs> armor you would wear. Um I had one of those sets when I was uh, as a kid. It never uh, worked correctly. You couldn't play it in a- daylight. <laughs> Laser yeah. tag never worked correctly. Blanket statement. There was a, we had like a professional set because we got it at like a yard sale as a kid, and it was like, it wasn't all of the equipment, but there's some really cool stuff in it, and we had like like rifles basically that looked really cool. They were kind of like slick, like sleek, um, and uh, some detectors. I think it was just the chest, but the piece that I remember was there's this conical like emplacement thing and what it would do is it would count down and then do a spray of lasers that was like an aoe like a detonation almost like you know uh mission fails you know tactical nuke inbound or whatever um it was really it was just such a such a cool technology that i don't care about at all now (laughs) that's how i felt about yak backs for a good summer i'm not sure what that is that was just recording something into an audio effect. oh uh, and then you could play it back and like, kind of distort it okay you could, like also like send messages to people it's like a shitty walkie-talkie huh like a one-use recorder type of thing yeah but this is That's also like weird. when i was fascinated by like skip bow and mm-hmm. um it so <laughs> i'm sure that lasted until one person asked should we be giving kids the ability to record the conversations of adults and they're like no maybe not <laughs> Oh yeah, like all the the spy kids era of like oh my gadgets. gosh, you had like the the camera glasses and like the hearing amplifier yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of dumb '90s type things, uh, I had a really good drink yesterday that was called a Pog Slammer. Um, <laughs> it was just a beer though, so it's just like, but. Mm-hmm. It was a fruit beer, but they called it a Pog Slammer, so I had to order it. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. You have to slam pogs into the bottom of yeah. it. <laughs> really difficult quarters. Yes. <laughs> 50 cent pieces, if you will. I don't know if there's It does confuse people. 
when you're talking about a uh, a pog tournament uh winner in the modern age as soon as you mention pog champ they have no idea like they go off on something completely different i do think i may have accidentally like my Dave's second like in, the, in the podcast i can see yeah. it in his mind <laughs> he's nodding <laughs> go ahead justin uh i think i did talk to the bartender and ordered a pog champ and not a pog slammer at one point so uh-huh. that is so ingrained and he didn't complete the uh, or they didn't complete the the honor oath to kill you right then and there just in sure. response requiesce in pace um, did you ask is this drink a mimi <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> there are certain things in customer service that you should basically immediately quit if you encounter in the wild and that's Internet probably speech is one mm-hmm yeah right oh you're from the internet i'm out i'm sorry i'm not dealing with that today ordering szechuan sauce at mcdonald's oh my gosh i was yeah rick and morty how that tasted but then Mm -hmm. i just saw all these articles of like people acting acting an asshole in mcdonald's i'm like i don't even want to go to mcdonald's anyway now you've now you've fucked it rick and morty just very rapidly became the fandom that you just didn't want to have any public association with. Um, or like Family Guy when that was big. Yeah. It's when people mm-hmm. glomp on like way too hard. They're like, this is me, my full identity. Like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we should probably call it for time. Thank you, Justin, for coming out for another episode. Thanks for having me. Always good to have you. Um, that's it. That's the outro. No. Um, if you guys have suggestions for future episodes or popular celebrities that you think we should bring on, like Justin, um, you can send those requests in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you can join the discussion on Facebook, which has had a terrible fiscal year at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. Night.